When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Bears Brothers podcast and postgame show. The place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. If you want to get more out of being a Bears fan, then make sure you're subscribed to our email newsletter. Go to thebearsbros.com slash join today and sign up for free. Now get ready, because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. And welcome to our Bears Bengals preseason postgame show. Our Bears lost by the final score of 30 to 27, and it's time to break down all the action that took place tonight. I'll be your host for tonight's show, Nicholas Moriano. And we do have Will here. He's just at the game right now. Brandon's also here as well. Will, hey, how about you jump in and give us some of that background music, that background noise that we were hearing earlier? Can you hear it now? I'm walking out, so hopefully it's getting quieter as I walk. Yeah. So uh, if you it, before we went live, there was uh, some weird music going on. It's, it's, it, what they were saying, who dad or some kind of Bengals song? They are who day. They're not who dad. Who day? They're who day. But it was interesting. Who-day. We had to we had to mute uh, Will there just for a little bit because it kind of got a little annoying, and we didn't want to hear the Bengals music <laughs> on a Bears podcast. But Brandon, how how'd you, how are you doing today? Uh, what what'd you do today? Inter- anything interesting? Uh, anything interesting? No. Uh, just spent all day at work is is typically. Uh, but I was excited for this game to see them put up almost thirty points. I couldn't tell you the last time I think we've seen the Bears put up almost thirty points. I was hoping that Parky would hit that field goal at the end, but we'll get to it. Yeah, Will and I were opposite that. We did not want to see the. Parky I just wanted to see him get thirty. I just wanted yeah, to see him get the thirty. True. I mean, it would be nice to see, but we're kind of glad that it's over with. But let's get right ahead and not only break down this game, but talk about the individual performances that stood out for better or worse as players are fighting for those last roster spots. So let's jump right into our opening drive, and we're going to start with Will's monster moment. Hey, guys, hopefully you can hear me a little bit better now. I have the city in the background, which is pretty damn cool. But uh, my monster moment, how could I not give it to Kyle Fuller in that 47-yard Pick six. You know, Leonard Floyd came in there, beat the tight end, got right in Andy Dalton's face, forced Dalton to throw that ball a little sooner than he wanted. Fuller is right in the right spot. was able to come away with the interception. Uh, right in front of me, actually, hauled all the way in, 47 yards. Made a really good run after the catch, too, because there's a couple of Bengals coming after him, able to maintain his footing, 
get into the end zone. And those are the sorts of plays you want to see from Kyle Fuller this season. Those are plays that we didn't see a year ago, but if he can keep that up into the regular season, hopefully I have more monster moments with Kyle Fuller on the positive end of it. So for me, that's going to be my monster moment. And I'm going to cut Nick off, and I'm going to hand it over to Brandon for his stat of the game. <laughs> well, my stat of the game is going to reflect uh, Adam Shaheen because he was a guy that we talked about in the previous show. We wanted to be able to see uh, him be able to make an impact, and sure enough, he did. Uh, he, his stat line today is uh, three receptions for 53 yards, uh, and he, he played very, very well overall today. Uh, I mean, had a couple nice uh, underneath routes. Uh, was able to get some big yards after the catch after that. Really showed his athleticism. Looked really, really smooth throughout the whole game, so the monster stat of the the game is Adam Shaheen's three receptions for 53 yards. There we go. And I'll give you what will be the first knack of the NFL season. I'm going to go with the second team offensive line. I think once they got into the game, that's when the Bears scored their first offensive touchdown. It was Bradley Saul, uh, Bill Perique, James Daniels, Earl Watford, and Rashad Coward. Those guys were able to move the ball, generate some opening lanes for um, some running backs. And led by James Daniels, who I was really impressed with when he got in there. But my knack goes to that. Uh, second team offensive line. But now, guys, let's move it over to our MVBs. Brandon, I'm going to go right back to you. Who was your MVB of tonight's game? Uh, I'm going to give it to DeAndre Houston Carson. He played very, very well at safety. I've, you know, we'd heard uh, Vic Fangio say how much Deion Bush has grown, uh, but I thought DHC played a very, very good game today. Uh, they don't, ESPN doesn't have their stat line updated, which is kind of unfortunate. Uh, but he was in there and got multiple pass breakups, almost had an interception again. Uh, so that would have been really nice to be able to rub your guys' face a little bit. You know, like, I told you he was going to be something. And I think he's re- really showing something, making the, the secondary, uh, the depth really, really show. So I'm, I'm excited for what DHC is going to continue to bring. What about you, Will? Who's your MVB? I want, I want you to do it first, Nick, because I have two here. And I want you to go ahead because I have a hunch you might go with your guy. Oh, yeah, I'm going with my guy, James Daniels. I think, like I said. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. In the, the pregame podcast, he's just plug and play. As soon as he got in there, he looked like it was just a smooth transition for James Daniels to go in at center. And like I said, that offense, that offensive line started moving, started generating holes, and that sprung forward, um, you know, the, the Bears that scored that first offensive touchdown. So I really liked what I saw from James Daniels. And, you know, that didn't look like he was – uh the shoulder injury was, you know, limiting him and what he was able to do. And he just looked right there. And it was just a lot better than we saw from the first offensive line. But I have to go with my guy, James Daniels. No, absolutely. And don't forget the fourth down conversion and uh, that touchdown later on. That drive was right behind Daniels. Daniels is leading the way. So, I mean, a big shout out to him for doing that. You know, being the guy where uh, Coach Nagy proved like, hey, I trust you. We're going to put the ball on the line. We're going to go right behind you. It's pretty strange they would call a quarterback sneak here during the preseason. Well, you don't want your quarterback to take any extra shots. But, hey, Daniels did his job. And same thing with Mizell's touchdown run. My MVP today, guys, you gave me the easy one. Same drive, different player. Adam Shaheen, three big catches, 53 yards, uh, averaging over, over 17 yards a catch on that drive. And, you know, he over the middle. He was showing that he can be a difference maker over the middle of the field. And that's something that we have wanted to see out of Shaheen. All of last season, throughout camp this year, we saw glimpses of it, um, but with the pads on in a game situation, 
I wanted to see what he can do over the middle of the field today. Three big catches to move the six each and every single time. Uh, pretty much the majority of that drive came off the hands of Adam Shaheen. Uh, of course, Daniel put in the throw, but Adam Shaheen coming up big in those uh, is going to be the reason why he's my MVP. Uh, so, Nick, go ahead. Back to you. Yeah, Will, are you going to be heading out after this now, or are you going to leave us in and go within that Cincinnati crowd that you can hear a little bit in the background? Yeah, no, I'm going to head out now, guys. Uh, I want you guys to feel free to break this game down in its entirety. But real quick, two quick notes I want to give our listeners. Number one, don't be so upset about what we saw from the first-string offense today. You know, they weren't really fully out there. I, Nick, you can disagree when I leave, which I guess <laughs> I'm not going to be able to argue back. That's okay. I mean, I, oh, no, I wanted to see something. Uh, I didn't expect perfection, but – it's still only the first time we saw them out there on the field. They didn't have their full you know, sl- slate of troops out there to go out there and do something with. Of course, you want to see Trubisky complete some more passes, gain a first down. Starting offense only had negative one yard. Um, so, of course, we can be critical, but I'm saying, you know, don't act like there's a house in the fire and run out yet. Uh, there's still plenty of time to turn that ship around. The same thing about the starting defense. They gave up over 140 yards, but a lot of that came on the hands of uh, Marcus Cooper, not doing a great job, and John Tumu going up against A.J. Green, which – is a nightmare, a matchup nightmare from hell. So for me, uh, don't get too upset either one way or the other. But guys, I'm going to head out. Enjoy the rest of the postgame show. Everyone listening, enjoy the show as well. But I'm going to go ahead and drive on home. You guys take it easy. All right, Will. Have a good drive. All right, well, that'll do it for the first quarter of our postgame show. And before we enter the second quarter and break down what the Bears offense did tonight, I need to call a timeout and tell you about our show sponsor, SeatGeek. Whether you're headed to a baseball game or concert this summer, or just anxiously waiting for football season, like we all are, SeatGeek has you covered. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event. Whether you're searching for a last-minute deal, playing a night out, or need the or need to find the perfect gift, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. You know, I'm actually looking for SeatGeek right now, looking at SeatGeek to find some Ed Sheeran tickets that my girlfriend and I are planning to go to. So it's a great app to use. Definitely recommend it. Um, SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. By searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value, SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. I actually have a SeatGeek app on my phone. It's by far the easiest way I found uh, the shop for tickets. And I know that you brand... Brandon will always use it to go look for me. Baseball games or anything along that lines. And with football preseason up, that's definitely something you can use SeatGeek to look for into buying those tickets. But best of all, my listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code BEARS today. That's promo code BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All righty. You're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Moriano. I'm joined by Brandon Hazlett, and we are breaking down the Bears' preseason game against the Bengals, and it's now time to discuss this Bears' offense. Um, Brandon, just kind of your opening thoughts here. What was your um, just takeaways? What did you think of the first-string offense? Just big takeaways that you had from the offense tonight. A big takeaway was was finished. It's something that we kind of talked about in the preview show, a little bit more with Kevin White specifically, but as the offense as a whole, they really just need to, to find ways to finish plays and execute drives. Uh, I mean, they're they're set up in, at times to do it and just kind of failed to execute, whether it be penalties or focus drops. Uh, Kevin White here, for example, I'm looking at my notes. The third and nine pass hits him right in the hands. First, they're down the Bears face in the game. I mean, if it wasn't for the flag, 
I mean, that'd been a quick three and out to start the game. So that's something that strikes me is they have to be able to finish the entirety of the play and the execution of it. Yeah. And when I was just watching that first team offense, we just saw a lot of bad things happen. The drop pass from Kevin white, but you know, that was, I guess, made up for by the, the late hit on Trubisky, but still Trubisky's getting hit. He gets sacked later in that drive. There's a holding play on Cody Whitehair, third and long situation. Just a lot of bad things happened on that drive. And it was just disappointing to see because again, we wanted to see this first team offense go out and just score, just do something or not even score, just have a successful drive, but we didn't get to see that. So did Trubisky build off of that good practice on a Monday? He didn't really have an opportunity to, but again, like Will was saying before he left, the Bears didn't have all their playmakers out there. Obviously, Allen Robinson didn't play. There was limited reps from some of the other receivers, but you want to see some of those guys that were in there make the most of it. And speaking of that, um, what did you think of Anthony Miller and Kevin White today or tonight? They didn't really show me a whole lot. Especially in that first drive, I thought schematically this offense was in the right spot, especially in the first couple drives because Trubisky went deep to Kevin White. Pass was overthrown, so Kevin didn't really have a chance. That third nine, like I talked about, hit Kevin White in the hands. I mean, the defender was right there behind him, but you got to be able to reel it in uh, if it's going to hit you in the hands like that. He could have caught it and just fell, and it would have been a first down. Yeah. So, I mean, focus, finish, things like that. Jim Miller talked about it throughout, I think, the entirety of the second half was just the offense needs to finish and that's something i'm going to keep stressing here apparently as well uh but then also on that third and 23 on that first drive still uh we talked about how the tight ends i brought up how they need to be able to block better and adam shaheen failed to block on that screen to anthony miller i mean it was third and 23 i wasn't expecting to get a first down on it but you got to be able to give your guy at least a chance i would you know we would all hope that you know adam Sheen's going to give anthony miller a chance on those screens so i didn't see a whole lot especially out of that first drive from them as far as, you know, what to take away. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. There wasn't much to kind of, oh, okay, this is a good thing that they can take moving forward. They had limited reps, but they didn't play well in those reps. But again, you mentioned, we mentioned the tight ends. They had a pretty good day so far. Do you want to talk about them as a whole? Um, because we saw a lot of Adam Shaheen, Daniel Brown, even some Colin Thompson, Ben Broniker. What do you think of the tight end as a, you know, entirety as a group? I thought the, the longer the game went on, and I guess it was more Tyler Bray targeting more of the tight ends. Uh, because we don't, I didn't see them or Trubisky or Chase Daniel really targeting Adam Shaheen or uh, Trey Burton all that much. I mean, Trey Burton, he had one catch, I think. I'm trying to find it here. I'm not seeing his name on there. Yeah, Trey um, Burton, he did have one catch for five yards. Okay, so Adam Shaheen, I mean, he was my monster stat of the game. Three receptions, three targets. Uh, Colin Thompson was one for one. Daniel Brown, five for five. I mean, as the game went on, those guys got tired a little bit more. And it was nice to see that that uh, seam pass. Uh, that Tyler Bray made to Daniel Brown, that 56-yarder. That mm-hmm. was really nice to see. That was something you talked about, I guess, Kwiatkowski defending it, but it was nice to see the Bears run that uh, play as well. No, definitely. And now I guess we could just move on, kind of a general thought on, on the offensive line. Like I said, that first-team unit did not generate much push, didn't have very much consistency, and I, they weren't on the field for very long. But those second- and third-team units with that backup offensive line that I stated earlier, those guys were able to create holes for the running backs. And, you know, it was good to see from them because we didn't see a lot of running uh, success against the Ravens last week, but against the Bengals where the bears have had some success, even in the regular season last year. And I Shaheen building off of that. Um, they did have success in this game. So um, before we, we even go into that, we'll just, we'll just go straight, straight into player specifics. Let's talk about the QBs, Brandon. Um, last week against the Ravens, they didn't have that good of a day, I thought. Um, but what was your assessment 
from Trubisky, Daniel, and Tyler Bray in this preseason game against the Bengals. I'm going to start off with Tyler Bray. He put those two passes uh, on the post route, same back-to-back play late in the game to Ben Bronecker and Tanner Gentry. I mean, pretty much right where it needed to be. They were just like a tad too short, hit him in the fingertips, hit both of them in the hands, really. Tanner Gentry really should have reeled that one in. Uh, ben Bronecker just hit him off fingertips. But regardless, hitching the hands, a little bit more touch by Tyler Bray on both of them, and that's going to be a touchdown. I think if you put Mitch Trubisky in that situation, especially to a wide-open tight end like that on the first chance that he gets, that's going to be a touchdown every time. And that made me really excited uh, schematically. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm. In the order it was received, please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, Getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Uh, Because I think with the right players in there, that works a lot better. Uh, As far as Trubisky today, I don't think we got much of a sample size. Two for four for four yards. Did get sacked once. Uh, Really, his possessions were, were sloppy. That first one, I mean, really shouldn't have even gotten to the gotten past where it did but the roughing the passer from Geno Atkins really helped set up another another chance at getting into the end zone didn't get there then the next drive a quick three and out uh because there was a bad snap and there was something else that went absolutely terribly wrong uh yeah uh Lawson got his hand on the ball when Strabisky was scrambling out of the Mm -hmm. pocket you know was able to bat the ball away so it was just overall a very sloppy drive on that second series so Trubisky he I don't want to say wasted reps, but they were not very good reps. Yeah, they just weren't, uh, like you said, a lot of his teammates, you know, made for those bad reps happening. But um, I'm going to talk about Tyler Bray. I just thought that he definitely, you know, he has to seize these opportunities that he gets. He's limited opportunities in the preseason. And when you miss, like, wide open tight ends on back-to-back, it's the, it was it Thompson or was it um, Ben Broniker with Bronicker. that corner route? And yeah, then you Bronicker. also have... Um, Gentry on the next one. Gentry was definitely uh, catchable, but still a tough catch to make. If he just puts it right on the money, you know, or even just a better throw in both of those cases, you know, those are touchdowns waiting to happen. But again, Tyler Bray missed those throws. He didn't make up for it later in the game, but you want to see him make those throws. He he knows this offense, but um, yeah, I, I thought that he just didn't have a very good day today. He can definitely improve on that, and he has to if he wants to be on this team. Chase Daniel, on the other hand, um, was better. I liked what I saw from him. Um, showed he was accurate. He was uh quick with decision making. Um, and again, that second team offense really, you know, started moving the ball a lot better than the first and a little bit of the third there. But let's move on to running backs because you know this is a you know it's our first post game show live with uh without Will. So let's just keep on rolling here. What do you see from the running backs? Mazel, Ryan Nall. Um, obviously there's no Jordan Howard and. D- did Tariq Cohen take any snaps this game? I don't know if I, I missed the beginning a little bit, but I don't know if he was in on the very first play. Um, did you see anything? I think uh, Cohen was in on like the very first snap. Okay, but I don't, that's what I he, thought. He obviously didn't make much of an impact in this one. It was the, the Quan Mazzella and Ryan Nall show. I think they're trying to trying to figure out where that last spot should possibly go to. And we've seen a lot of Michael Burton out there in the, early in the game as well, lined up wide, and then he'd come in on shotgun and drop out or be there as a or a a pass blocker if need be, and then mm-hmm. he'd run out, run his route. Uh, but it was mostly Ryan Nall to Quan Mazel there in the backfield. Uh, unfortunately, Mazel just, just didn't have a very good game. 
No. 12 carries for 27 yards, 2.3 average. He had the one touchdown. Uh, but, I mean, that, that average doesn't speak very much to me. Uh, the Bengals were very, very uh, capable of getting in there and stuffing the run throughout the entirety uh, for him, as I'll just never had the chance. Ryan Nell had that nice breakout run, that 70-yarder. Uh, I thought it was very nice. No, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think Mazel, he's been given a lot of opportunities early on, even in training camp. Um, in these two preseason games, able to carry the ball, you know, a bunch of times, but he hasn't made the most of them. And he's was said to make this team, you know, due to maybe that pass catching ability that he has. But then you see that uh, pass, uh, either it was Tyler Bray or Chase Daniel, I'm forgetting who actually, th- I think it was Daniel, um, you know, it was a, a little behind him, but, you know, Mizell can make that catch. He could definitely make that. It's a catchable oh, yeah. ball. Absolutely. It ends up getting intercepted. Those are kind of the plays where you look back like, all right, Mazel, yes, he has his upside, but then you look at that, like that's not what you want to see for a guy that's trying to fight for a roster spot. It goes back to the the finishing thing that I've been stressing the last two days, and Jim Miller stressed today as well. He was ready to to make the move and try and get to the chains, but you gotta catch the ball first. Exactly. Exactly. You gotta catch the ball first. If you don't do that, then the play is basically dead right there. Uh for Ryan Nall, no, I've liked what I've seen from him, and especially the vision on that, you know, long 60, 69 yards, 70 yard run, whatever it was, you know, it's a vision to cut outside, use his stiff arm and then use that speed down the sideline, which he does, you know, he does have with despite being, yeah. yeah, despite being a bigger back, he, he has some wheels and, you know, it was other plays in the game where there's not anything open when the running lanes, but he bounces it a little bit to the inside of all that traffic and finds like a little uh, glimmer, glimmer of light there. So Ryan, no, I like what I'm seeing from him. If he can, again, be that versatile guy, if he can also block, maybe he fights and, you know, maybe earns a spot in there. I think Burton, honestly, is the biggest uh, challenger for him just because he's been here. And Coach Nagy has used fullbacks in the past and, you know, just the teams that he's played for with the Chiefs. So we'll see how that ends up playing. We already touched on the tight ends a little bit. Uh, Obviously, they had a really big day today. So I think we can kind of... Get past them for now, not not overlooking them because they did have a great day, like we said. Um, trying to look at the numbers here, but tight ends, Daniel Brown led them with five receptions for 90 yards. Adam Shaheen was right behind him for three receptions, 53 yards. So they definitely played a vital role. Unless you have anything, Brandon, are you okay with going over the tight ends? Yeah, we already touched on them. I think we're good to move on to wide receivers. Yeah, let's go to those wide receivers. And again, I want to see more from Kevin White. And he did play all the way up till that the end of that second quarter, right before halftime. He was yep. in there, but you didn't know it. I have to check, I had to check a couple of times just looking at the screen. Is that Marlon Brown or is that Kevin White? But it was Kevin White just lined up, but he's not doing anything. He's not getting open. He wasn't targeted, uh, you know, to be fair to him. But again, you want to see this guy, you know, exploit these matchups. He's going against number twos, number threes, people that are not going to be on the Cincinnati Bengals in a couple of weeks, but yet Kevin White's still, you know, nowhere to be found. And again, that drop pass that really, you know, I remember that just because it was a good chance for him to convert the chains, get, you know, the offense moving, but again, he drops it. And we've seen that happen from Kevin White, you know, in training camp. What was your assessment on just Kevin White and some of the receivers? It's hard when you don't get the targets, but yeah. when your quarterback's, especially Chase Daniels standing around the sideline watching you drop one that hits him in the hands. I'm not sure that I would want to target him either, especially as that's something we've seen throughout practices is inability to, I'm going to say it again, finish. Got to be able to execute on all these plays if the opportunity is given to you. And I don't know if he's worried about, you know, oh, I got to I gotta be able to prove myself and make a move uh, because I'm healthy 
and I'm here and I want to be a big part of this offense. I was, you know, a number seven overall pick. I don't know if that's kind of all playing through his head when he's trying to do these things on the field, but he really just needs to take the game one step at a time. And it will come to him a lot easier that way. But because he's been injured so much, he's really kind of missing those those mental reps, being able to run the route, run the right route, run a clean route, catch the ball, then make the move. I think he's just trying to do too much at once. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And it starts again. We have already talked about catching the ball first. If you don't do that, nothing ends up going on after that. But we did see some drop passes from, you know, Javon Wims, Benny Fowler. So it, it wasn't a good day for the wide receivers. They definitely could have helped themselves had they have caught the ball, had they just, you know, create some separation. But Javon Wims, I think it was a wide open in route over the, you know, over the middle of the field. Yep. Hits his hands, drops it. Um, Benny Fowler had definitely some opportunities to make some catches. And we saw even last week dropping a pass. He did it again this week. So uh, there's going to be a fight for that maybe fifth, sixth, however many wide receivers the Bears end up carrying. But most likely it's going to be Wims, Gentry, uh, and uh, Benny Fowler. So um, I guess who do you think just based off right now? I mean, I know it's early. Who do you think ends up winning that? Oh, geez. I don't know. I, I, I'd like to say Benny Fowler mm-hmm. uh, for special teams purposes, because the way he, I don't know, he, he's dropping balls at crucial moments because he had another opportunity to catch one mm-hmm. pretty good and close to the end zone. And he dropped it off his fingertips. If it's going to hit you in the hands. You know, I think you got to be able to catch it. I still think he's got time to turn this around. And I think that he ends up winning it just because he's got some experience. He's got special teams to help him out there. So I think it's going to go to Benny Fowler. I just, I'm having a hard time seeing it at the moment, though. Yeah, at the moment, we need some more preseason games. And, you know, usually that's not a good sign because you want to be separating yourself from the group, you know, with the opportunities that are given right now. Um, But before we move on from offensive defense, I think it's uh, a good talking point to talk about this offensive line, especially about James Daniels and him playing center and him, you know, just looking really good there. And again, we saw Cody Whitehair struggle a little bit, you know, in the, in the limited reps that he had. He looked like he struggled. There was a high snap. Um, again, that offensive line didn't get moving. And as all of our fans know, I know you're the trenches guy, Brandon. What are you seeing from that group? And how do you think that all plays out with Cody Whitehair at center, James Daniels as a backup number two at center? What are your just overall thoughts about that? First of all, I'll start off with the first stringers. Uh, you talked about the white hair. We'll call them struggles. I mean, he, it was limited. Mm-hmm. He probably just needs to get in a groove. Needs to get all the, I don't know, quote unquote, rust shaken off. I mean, they've had an extra week now. I'm not going to say that rust is going to be an issue, uh, but he, he, they've had limited reps in game time. So I think that's something definitely to consider at this point still. Uh, Eric Kush got beat on a stunt in this one. Yep. Uh, I think that was the one where Geno Atkins got his hand on there. Maybe that was the one sack. I don't remember exactly which play it was off the top of my head. Um, but those were, those are two, uh, bad blemishes, uh, for the offensive line and the first stringers. Uh, and that, that kind of carries a little bit more weight, especially since we didn't see as many reps from them. But like I said, take it with a grain of salt at this point, uh, they didn't get very many reps or hardly any reps at all uh, against the Ravens. So again, that's something to keep in the back of your mind. Uh, with the number two is James Daniels, something that I like. Very good run blocker. Pulls very, very well. Multiple times when they're running the ball outside, James Daniel is the first guy out there leading the charge on the pole, which I think is very interesting. Very athletic guy, and he knows exactly who to block. If he's got to turn around and block a guy, I've seen, that, seen him do that on one of those poles because uh, he'd have been, or the running back would have been tackled from behind. So he's very smart about where he needs to be. Very athletic guy. Uh, what I don't like about James Daniel in this game, though, is he was always breaking the huddle first. It wasn't Chase Daniel and it wasn't Tyler Bray. 
especially down there in those goal line situations. I think he might have just been excited. I don't know what exactly it was, but I'd rather the quarterback breaking the huddle first because the second time when they did that quarterback sneak to get it in the end zone, it was James Daniel, Bradley Saul, and one other guy broke the huddle first. And that kind of tells me, well, he may not know exactly what the play is, you know. <laughs> Finish the play call is basically kind of what I'm saying. Something for the for the rookie to keep in the back of his mind. I know it's exciting to be down there by the end zone. And it wasn't the quarterback sneak. That was the Quan Mazzal run. I apologize for that as far as that touchdown goes. Uh, but overall, James Daniel played a very, very solid game. And I thought Rashad Coward did too. Played a lot of energy. I don't think he gave yeah. up a sack. Uh, there was one time where... Uh, it was a run play, and he's blocking his guy and blocking his guy. The whistle blows, and again, he's still barking, still pushing at the guys uh, opposite of him. So that's that's exciting. He brings that fire and that passion, that willingness to learn. I think he's uh, making a very good case to be a, a solid second-string tackle here. You know, to maybe back up my guy, James Jones, he just plays fast. That's what, uh, you know, his head coach at Iowa used to say, uh, Kirk Ferentz. He, they had to slow James Daniels down, and that's why he's ahead on those poles. He's just the first guy there just with that speed, athleticism. But maybe as soon as – even before the play call is, you know, finished, maybe the offensive line is first in that – their assignments are there first in the play call, but he just wants to get there and do it. But, hey, you know, as a team, you want to break as you know, as one. But it's good what we saw from him, and especially that he even played in this game because, we, like I said earlier in the podcast, we know he was dealing with some kind of shoulder injury, but he looked really, really good tonight. So, Brandon, let's uh, gather all these things we talked about with this offense. Any final thoughts about it First, from first string to third string, just uh, – from the first quarter to the fourth quarter, where are some final thoughts you have? Yeah, I just kind of want to echo what Will said. Don't don't take too much away from the first string, uh, despite as bad as it might have been. Uh, there, there's not a whole lot to take away. It was a very small sample size. It's tough to really get anything going when the ball isn't snapped correctly from center. Cody White here, that's something he's going to have to work on to be able to get good quality reps, especially going on later throughout this preseason. Um, overall, I mean, there's things to work on. Absolutely. Kevin White needs to continue to be able to finish. We're not going to see Jordan Howard for a little while, I think. So the running game is still going to have to, uh, the offensive line is going to have to figure out a way to get better uh, run support out there because Taquan Mazzell really had a chance to, to prove himself tonight, led the team with carries with 12 and only ended up with 27 yards. So the offensive line has to be able to figure out a way to run block a little bit better, well, a lot better in my opinion. But when Jordan Howard gets out there, I mean, that's going to kind of flip the switch, I think, as far as that goes. And uh, when it comes to receiving, I mean, like Will said also, just to keep echoing what he said, he pretty much nailed this one. Uh, we didn't get the full slate of receivers out there. Uh, Anthony Miller didn't even really play all that much. He had one reception for negative one yard. And that after that, I mean, kind of like Kevin White, he disappeared. Uh, so yeah. a lot of the lower string guys are getting their chances. Uh, so don't, don't worry too much about what the first string did because they're not playing with the full slate of guys. Very true. I mean, that's always a good way of looking at it. To be completely honest, I was a little disappointed. I was hyped up to see Trubisky in that first team offense go down, score. That's what I really wanted to see. But you got to keep things in perspective. They don't have a lot of rep, a lot of opportunities, a lot of reps. They don't have their full team out there. Yes, you do want to see him do better than what they did. You don't want to see Trubisky get his hit as often that he did. You don't want to see these, you know, these mental mistakes, these penalties, these drop passes. That needs to improve upon because, again, you're going into when it's week one against Green Bay. Can't have that on your first drive. That already sets you back one drive. So I want to see that improved upon, even with limited reps. That first team offense makes the most of it. But I do like what I'm seeing from some of these younger guys. I mean, you mentioned Daniels and things like that. So, yes, it's preseason game number two. First time the actual some of the actual starters are out there competing and, you know, getting actual game reps. Let's not overblow it. 
yes, we want to see it better, and it probably and it most likely will once they get more opportunities, more more practices within there. Um, but Brandon, let's move right along and enter the third quarter of our show and break down the Bears' defense. So let's give some general takeaways. Honestly, I thought that this unit played for the most part. I mean, they gave up thirty points. Again, they're not playing with all of their defensive starters, but I just want to talk about a, a guy that we've seen in training camp limited time, but we've seen show just flashes is Leonard Floyd. And, you know, a big part of that pick six for Kyle Fuller was because he got that inside pressure with that swim move. He looks quick against, especially against tight ends. We saw him beat tight ends throughout training camp, whether it was Adam Shaheen, Deion Sims, Trey Burton, didn't matter. Leonard Floyd was beating him in these one-on-one blocking drills. And he did that exactly in this game against the Bengals, against one of their tight ends, he abused him. And Kyle Fuller gets that pick. But again, that first string defense, I saw Akeem Hicks in the backfield. At times you see Bullard and Roy Robertson Harris, which we'll talk about later with those two specifically. But a guy that I'm disappointed in, and I know he's your guy, Adrian Amos, man. Uh, he was he was in prime position to make a you know a clean tackle along yep. sideline and you know just completely whiffs on it. I know pro football focus wasn't happy about that one. No, I bet not. <laughs> but so let's talk about, and I mentioned it, Roy Robertson Harris and John Bullard. What did you see from those guys specifically? Really not a whole lot. Yeah, Roy Robertson here. Harris had the only sack in the game, and I think it was mostly just because Driscoll ran into the back of his offensive lineman. So I'm not even sure I'm going to give the, the sack credit to Roy Robertson Harris on that one. I mean, he was there, you know, provided a little bit of a bull rush, pushed his offensive lineman into, into Driscoll, and that creates the sack. But really just not a whole lot. I mean, Roy Robertson Harris, I think he's third on the team in total sacks tonight. Yeah, he is with three. So, I mean, he's there and he's able to make a, make his impact felt, I guess, if you're going to put it that way. Third on the team in tackles, had the had the team's only sack, which is far away from my bold prediction, I must point out. <laughs> uh, went really bold on that one, I guess. But, I mean, really not a whole lot. I don't remember seeing much Jonathan Bullard out there. I had to kind of check and see, you know, yeah. is that actually Jonathan Bullard out there? Is that Blau Nichols? I mean, I thought Bullard had a pretty quiet night overall. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I was looking at to see, okay, which just jotting down in my notes, which guy has put, who am I putting more in my notes for good things? Roy Robertson, right. Harris, John Bullard. Well, I'm looking through my notes. Where are these guys in my notes? So they're not, they're not separating themselves to be, I guess, the opposite end of Akeem Hicks. And you want to see that because these guys are going to have an opportunity to definitely make plays, but if one of these guys can't separate themselves, they're on the same playing level. And that's, I guess, mediocre. That's not the best thing that you want. I mean, it could be worse, but you want to see these guys compete. And one of them just kind of take over that spot, but it looks like they're really neck and neck. And I know last, last week I was saying Jonathan Bullard. Yeah. He was a little bit of ahead. Now it's kind of 50, 50 for me, just based off of this game. And obviously we have three more preseason games to go and we'll see what ends up happening. But, and I think too, that Roy Robertson Harris actually, brought himself up to Jonathan Bullard's level because we were all kind of leaning on Bullard a little bit in the preview show yesterday. Yeah. You know, he's he's done some good things. He's got the high motor at showing. And then today he had one tackle for a loss, two tackles total. I mean, Roy Robertson Harris, like I said, he lets the game come to him and the game came to him three times and a sack. And I think that kind of speaks a little bit more because uh, he's a consistent player overall. It's consistently bringing that pressure, bringing that, that motor, that same type of energy, very calm, even demeanor. Uh, as compared to where Bullard, he's going to be ramped up all the way where he gets really excited or you just don't hardly hear about him like like uh, times tonight. So I think Ray Robson-Harris actually uh, got a step closer to John Bullard, but I still give it to Bullard by like 
a hair. Yes, and I'm seeing in the chat right now, when is Bullard going to break out? Well, when is Roy Robertson Harris going to step up? You see these both of these guys back and forth. We don't know. Hopefully one of these guys ends up stepping up and becoming that guy, but we'll have to wait and see. You know what? We talked about the defensive line, um, you know, those two specifically. You know, let's let's mention Bilal Nichols. When I'm looking at this third-string defense, second-team, third-string you know, I'm trying to find 98 out there sometimes. I don't know yep. if I'm just not seeing him or if I'm maybe just missing and just paying attention to something else that's going on. But are you seeing a lot of Bilal Nichols? I, I saw like some people say like, oh, great pressure by Bilal Nichols. I'm like, really? Where? 98. I didn't see him on the play. Yeah, no, I didn't. I haven't. I didn't. Especially tonight. Didn't really hardly notice him at all. I mean, he had a much bigger impact in that Ravens game uh, tonight. He only had two tackles. And I remember one of them in the in the running game. But outside of that, I mean, I was still looking like, oh, is that going to be Bullard? Is that Blyle Nichols? And then by the time the play's over, I mean, I still can't tell who it is because the ball's not going that way. I'm trying to figure out who else is out there on the line. It, he's no, None of these guys are really making their impact. I mean, Blyle could have just had a, a slow day where the game didn't come to him. But again, it, it's it's hard to know because, like you said, you know, is that him out there? He, he's not making much of an impact, at, or at least tonight anyway. Yeah, and it's kind of hard with defensive linemen, too, because we don't know what their exact assignments are. They just, you know, supposed to fill a gap, hold their guys, and, you know, maybe they're not supposed to make the tackle or, you know, it's supposed to be for a linebacker coming in. It's just hard to gauge because you want to see, like, the statistics on the page. But, yeah, we would like to see more from all those interior guys, and, you know, maybe our assessment of them, maybe it's wrong, maybe it's right, but you just want to see a little bit more out of that entire group. But, Brandon, let's let's move on to the linebackers as a whole, outside, inside. And I guess the guy that we can definitely talk about because he played so much today is John Timu. Mm-hmm. When he's playing against, you know, first string offensive players, that's not what you want to see. No. He has to guard an AJ Green out in space or he has to make a tackle on a who I think it was John Ross or whoever that was on the sideline where Amos also missed. Yep. That's not where you want to see John Timu. But when you see the level of play, the second stringers, third stringers uh, go into the game on offense, Timu is able to, you know, uh, adjust his game and, you know, play to that level or play even a little bit better and kind of make some plays. So, you know, Timu's night, he, he started out rough. And you're wondering, oh, man, uh, we're, the Bears are kind of screwed if he has to go in. But then when you see the the drop-off level, okay, he's he's where he should be. He's not the most athletic guy, like we said, but he knows his assignments. Usually he can make the tackle. But um, that's why I just had my assessment of John Timu. Were there other any other linebackers outside or inside that kind of caught your eye? I want to add to the Timu discussion. Yeah. Uh, I think the Bengals kind of did their research and went, he's the guy because he's not going <laughs> to be quick enough. And on that, that A.J. Green, I mean, he was caught in a pick. The tight end crossed him, and, you know, they collided a little bit. That left A.J. Green wide open, obviously. And that just kind of sets a bad tone because they're like, yep, now we can pick on this guy because he's rattled. Uh, he made a came back, made a nice uh, tackle on the run play to the right, then did the same thing up the middle. So, I mean, he, he is there. He's in the play, consistently in the play, which is where he needs to be. He's smart, uh, knows exactly where to be uh, at the right time. It's just something we've talked about time and time again is athleticism. And they picked on him a lot in that first drive. Uh, so kind of disappointing, especially wide open in space. Uh, Mixon, the running back, caught that pass for that touchdown. Timu misses the first one because he overpursues. My guy, Amos, come on, man. <laughs> what are you doing, you know? But outside of that, I thought Kwiatkowski played a, a pretty solid game today uh, overall. Didn't didn't play much. Played with the first stringers. Was out when the first stringers went out. Uh, John Anderson, another guy who 
had, I thought he had a pretty solid camp, at least when we went to go and see him. Uh, did very well in, in rushing the A-gaps uh, from time to time, especially in the running game. Uh, it was kind of quiet tonight, but I thought overall he still played a, a pretty decent game. Yeah, and uh, just to add on to Nick Kukowski, I saw Vic Fangio definitely calling a lot of blitzes where he's just running in there. Um, the only thing, though, and I've seen this in training camp, he kind of gets stonewalled from a running back or just, you know, head-on collision. That's where it ends right there. I know he had a, I think, a deflected pass in uh, one of those times where he did rush. So that obviously is a good sign. But I see a lot of times where Nick Kukowski is definitely coming off the blitz. And he had, you know, had success even last season doing that. And I think Vic Fangio is going to continue to call those. But, again, a running back is kind of just putting him in his place. That's where that play ends. He's not getting too close to the quarterback. Um, another guy though, that it did impress me. And I had to look up how to, you know, pronounce his name or just to see like, who's 57. Was it Kasim? Kasim. Yeah. Ed, yeah. That's what I was saying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at Bali, Yeah. I mean, he put a lot of unexpected pressure. They were trying to, you know, they're saying at one point, uh, you know, Kylie Fitz is getting in there to get pressure on the quarterback and which he was, uh, but at is a lot closer in some of those plays. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think he, he just benefits from Isaiah Irving, you know, just missing this game. It's a guy like this who is that maybe the the third stringer who now moves up to the number twos, but is able to make some plays. That's exactly what you want to do in these moments, especially in these preseason games. Just be around the football. Be, you know, show that number on the screen because like you and me, we both noticed him out there making some plays out there. So I'm glad that, you know, we were able to see that. But yeah, he definitely was around the ball, was getting in the backfield, just disrupting some plays. And that's exactly when the final cuts come down. What are they going to see? Okay, against the Bengals, you know, Eddie Ball, he Eddie Bali or whatever you want to pronounce his name, he made some plays. So that's great to see. Um, I think that's good for the linebackers, unless you have anything else, Brandon. Yeah, just really kind of. Yeah, I, I don't want to say disappointing because uh, Kelly Fitz did some things that that show up in the stat sheet, but I didn't think that he played his best game either. He only had one tackle. Uh, he let the tight end get out in space on one of the out routes that ended up being a, a first down at a critical point late in the second quarter. Uh, uh, things like that he needs to be able to improve on. He's last week against the Ravens, he was pretty good playing in space, but he didn't jam the tight end on that one particular play. And overall, I thought he was kind of quiet outside of that and the one almost sack that he had uh, where Adebali was in there too. Yeah, so so much for my bold prediction of Kylie Fitz having three sacks, so that didn't <laughs> work. And I will add that he did look a little stiff out in coverage, just not able to drop back far enough. And I think you mentioned it with supposed to be able to jam one of these tight ends or receiver to get out in space, just jam before that. He didn't really do that on that one play, gave up the first down, but he's going to get a lot more reps, continue to improve upon that. He's still, again, a six-round draft pick who has been injured uh, throughout his career in Utah. So we'll see what ends up happening with him. But let's move on to the secondary. And there were some guys, obviously Kyle Fuller, guys that did impress. I mean, with that pick six, then he did give up that that easy slant route, which is a tough, tough play to guard one-on-one on the slant. So, yeah, um, at least Kyle Fuller was able, you know, nice return. Didn't go down, was able to find space and just be in the right opportunity. Actually catch the ball. We always say right? most, uh, most almost interceptions. This time he was able to um, exploit uh, Andy Dalton for making that pass, take it back to the house. But another guy that I really liked, and I mentioned him on the podcast, uh, the preview podcast, Doran Grant, um, number 35. You guys don't know who that is making some plays out there at the cornerback position, was able to break up a few passes, just was in the right position, wasn't getting beat on plays. So that's what you want to see from, you know, maybe these backup cornerbacks because we saw Marcus Cooper out there 
And oh my goodness, I literally have in my notes, like this is the Marcus Cooper drive. They went after Marcus Cooper, yep. exploited him on every single play, and the Bengals, you know, end up getting points because of Marcus Cooper. So you see one of these younger cornerbacks, like a Doran Grant or, you know, uh, Joseph, any one of those guys, and they're making plays, that's exactly who you want to hopefully take Cooper's job because they even had Cooper at Nickelback later in the game just to show, can he do anything out there for this defense, <laughs> you know? But, uh, Brandon, any takeaways from anybody in the secondary? I know you mentioned your guy, Houston Carson. Yeah, I don't want to touch on Marcus Cooper anymore. You've <laughs> said his name enough. Uh, DeAndre Hall was a guy who uh, led the secondary tackles. He had seven, was around the around the ball quite a bit today as well. Yeah, DHC, they, ESPN's got a markdown for one pass deflection. I've got a markdown for two or three throughout the game. I don't know where one comes from. I know where at least one comes from, but I had him down for more than that. I thought he played a, a very solid game again, just consistently around the ball, almost had the interception, uh, falling into the Kyle Fuller statistics there. Who Kyle Fuller played, like you said, very good game. Tough to guard that slant route on the end zone there. Uh, Eddie Jackson, uh, very good run support. He had two tackles. I believe that's where both of them came from. So it's nice to see Eddie Jackson being able to uh, show support there in the running defense. Uh, Doran Grant. You know, guy that said it impressed you. He impressed me as well. I nice. uh, thought he played a, a very, very solid game. Saved the, I think there was one play where the tight end was there at the, at the goal line. He was able to put his hand in there and knock it down. Yep. That was nice to see. Um, John Franklin, guy again who, who struggled. It was kind of funny when the that pass fell short, hit him on top of the helmet. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's you know, in really great position there. Uh, but aside from that, I mean, he was just getting beat that whole drive. So yeah, you can tell. The game. Yeah. You can tell he's a guy that. You know, has played quarterback, who's been on the offense side, went to defense, and he's he's got the speed, but and obviously Netflix superstar and last chance you, but yeah, probably not gonna make this Bears roster. Um, yeah, that one drive they targeted him about three times. There's a pass yeah. interference, and then there was another pass interference, and then there was a he trips up on the play. Uh, for, uh, a yeah, Auden Tate. So it's it didn't look good for John Franklin. Um. Yeah, I think that's about where we want to end it with that. So <laughs> yes. There are some guys that impressed, some guys that definitely didn't do anything to secure I think the, the I think the distance between some of these second and third tier guys are starting to show. I, like you said, John Franklin, probably a guy that's not going to make the team, but Doran Grant's going to be able to continue to show that he could do it. Michael Joseph, he continues to play well. We didn't hear his name much today, which is typically a good thing, means that he's playing very good coverage. Uh, DeAndre Hall, DHC, these are guys that are kind of, I think, separating themselves uh from the third tier guys. And I didn't even see much Kevin Tolliver out there either. Did you No, I don't know if he actually played now just was about to bring that up. Kevin Tolliver. Um, I did not, I don't think I saw him out there at any point, uh, playing the starting cornerback, uh, for a sick team, third string defense. And that's a guy who has impressed in camp, um, got injured. And now he's just floating around the bottom of the depth chart. That's something that we want to see. Hopefully, Moving forward in the preseason, he does get his opportunities because I think he can do a better job. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. At this point, the John Franklin right now. So I think it would just be worth those reps. But Brandon, any final thoughts on the defense from the first quarter to the fourth quarter? 
Um, defense first string came out typically like we see them throughout the regular season. Tough to get going on that first drive. But then they come back with the Kyle Fuller interception. They're able to tie the game pretty pretty quickly there. Uh, guys were making their impacts. Uh, Keem Hicks, I thought Kwiatkowski made his impact today. Uh, overall, I thought the first string played kind of what we expected them to. Not much of a pass rush, unfortunately, which is why it's still a giant question mark and why Isaiah Irving still, I mean, he's battling that injury. But I would have at least liked seeing him make the trip. I think that kind of would speak to speak to him a little bit more if he's at least able to make it and be around the team. Uh, Leonard Floyd played very well today as well. Uh, was able to get in there and force the pressure, allow Kyle Fuller to make that interception. Uh, Marcus Cooper, guys kind of trending in the wrong direction. We kind of talked about how they're, uh, these second and third stringers are starting to distance themselves. Now it's going to be a real tight finish to see, I think, who ends up uh, where on the depth chart here. And there's going to be some very good competition as we continue to go along. Yeah, I definitely agree. I'll just say this about uh, the Bears starting defense. Once they get their starting linebackers within this core group, that defense is going to be scary good. I know that the pass rush is a question mark, but you get Adam Day and Trevathan and Roquan Smith manning that middle of the defense where we've said, you know, John, uh, Timu, not the most athletic guy. Nick Kukowski is not the best guy to get in coverage, but you add those two fast athletic linebackers in there. Add it with the secondary that's, you know, causing turnovers already. Akeem Hicks, Leonard Floyd, even Acho, who has gone from serv- serviceable starter to, you know, a good solid piece to at least contain the run and even get to the quarterback at times. Once you add in those two starting inside linebackers, this defense is going to be really good. And we haven't seen, obviously we have not seen that. So we don't know how good this first team defense can be. And it's already been pretty good through two uh, preseason games. I know the points don't reflect that. It's not the first team defense all the way, but I think it's going to be really good. So moving on now, Brandon, to special teams. So was there anything that caught your eye? Obviously the Cody uh, Parkey field goal. uh, Do you know what the distance was on that, that missed field goal? Uh, No, because I was sitting here. uh, I know I wasn't. Uh, But regardless, uh, it was nice to see him make field goals, though. True. Like with, with Connor Barth, like or Cairo Santos or any of those other guys, it was kind of like, oh, hey, we got to go out there and, you know, maybe make a field goal. But the difference with, I think, that missed field goal that Cody Parkey uh, that he missed was Ryan Winslow's the holder. And, you know, even though afterwards he told Winslow, you know, that was a good hold, it, it was on me. That's something that uh, Will talked about. Uh, someone pointed out to him that the missed field goals from Parkey come when Ryan Winslow is the holder. That's something to keep in mind. I think that's why he missed this one here. I'm not exactly sure what the what the issue was. I don't know if that was Parky or if it was Winslow, but that was just a trend that we've seen in training camp and one that we've seen here in a in a live game action. For some reason I can't find it. I think it was above fifty two or fifty, a little bit above that. But yeah, he did he did miss that. Um again, an, another thing that I do want to bring up in special teams, we haven't seen somebody again distance themselves in the pump returning battle or kick returning battle. Um, We had DeMarcus Ayers and then you had Taquan Mazzell. Um, Taquan Mazzell is the kick returner. Ayers as the punt returner. Didn't do much in that aspect. And obviously there's a lot of, you know, touchbacks with the kickoffs, but with punt return, you want to see one of these guys. And obviously only one guy's getting reps at it. Just kind of show his worth because if Ayers is going to make this team, which is going to be very unlikely. It was probably going to be what he can do on like special teams, especially as a punt returner. Uh, Didn't do much for me. And I still think, you know, the pregame podcast or pregame show, they were talking to, um, they were talking to, who was it? Uh, They were talking to Cohen about punt returning. And they mentioned Devin Hester, such being a vital position for the Bears. 
and you just want to reminisce and think about those times, but nobody on this Bears team really has that spark. Cohen's the closest guy, but we'll see what ends up happening there. If Ayers wants to be anything, I'm not going to say like, to do- like well, he has to do it in punt return or find yeah. a way to get on the kick return because I think we all know that Matt Nagy's hiding Tariq Cohen as far as a, a special teamer. He's going to wait to bring that kid out of the bag in week one. Yeah, so for sure. If, if it has to be DeMarcus Harris' time to show something if he wants to be able to make it because, I mean, I think he had a few catches tonight. I could definitely be wrong on that, but I feel like we've seen him making a few catches out there, and he could potentially make it as a wide receiver. Highly, highly doubt it, especially because I didn't have Maybe a very yeah, practice squad potentially. Yeah, but he he did have he was the guy the recipient of the end around on that left mm-hmm. side. That was Ayers who did that. Um, I think that's the biggest thing for special teams. We didn't see, um, I guess a lot, especially with the limited amount of touchbacks and not a lot on punt returns. And obviously Cody Parkin missing the game tying field goal, which I'm gonna be completely honest, I'm kind of glad he did because I like <laughs> before we came to this podcast, I'm like Brandon, I'm just tired. It's time to wrap this up and you know get on the bed and get on to the next day. But we're going to our two minute warning now, Brandon. And um, before we do, like, what was was there a biggest surprise for you of the night? Um, any letdowns that you feel Bears fans should know before we actually head out for tonight's podcast? Yeah, so getting into the two minute drill here, offensively. Uh, schematically, I think they're in the right place. Uh, it just has to be execution. It was nice to see Trubisky go deep on that very first play. Then they did the shotgun run to Mazel, which didn't hardly get anywhere. Then you're faced with a third nine, uh, and Kevin White just drops the ball, has it in his hands, drops it. So he's got to be able to – it's got to come down to execution. Schematically, it's there, but we got to be able to get the right guys in the right place to be able to succeed, and that starts with the mentality of doing one thing at a time running the route, catching the ball, then making the move. Something we talked about with Kevin White and Taquan Mazzell both. Both had that issue tonight. Finishing, 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 finishing. We'll see if how, how long I have to continue to say that before uh, you know the preseason's over and we get into the regular season. Uh, but overall, I mean, you can't take much out of the first stringers. I really don't think, uh, I mean, Trubisky was two for four. It's hard to get a lot out of that. Chase Stanton, on the other hand, eight for 12. He looked a lot better than he did against the Ravens. He did throw the, the, the one interception, but it can't, that kind of is what it is because it wasn't necessarily his fault. Hit Mazzell in the hands, failed to catch it. Um, overall, he improved. Tyler Bray also put in situations where he's able to bring the team back, uh, but got to be able to hit the wide open guys. Ben Bronecker, Tanner Gentry could have helped them out there. Benny Fowler, again, could have helped them out, but Tyler Bray's got to help them out as well. Uh, and overall, I mean, the running game still got still to gotta find somewhere to go. Uh, I mean, we haven't seen Jordan Howard. We didn't see three Cohen. We didn't see Benny Cunningham in this game, uh, but you got to be able to provide a guy like Taquan Mazel uh, the opportunity to show himself, especially with that first string offensive line out there. I thought they'd be able to be a little better as run blockers as a whole in this game, especially with Kyle Long out there. Cause he did start today. Mm-hmm. Not the case. Mazel only had 27 yards. As far as receivers go again, we didn't see the full slate really hard to tell. Uh, I do expect Javon Williams to continue to improve. He'll continue to get time with the twos. We did see him with the ones for a little bit there. We did. Um, but only that's where he had the one drop was with the ones. Uh, I expect him to continue to get time with the twos, and hopefully we see him more with the ones. I, I really think that that's going to be an opportunity for him to capitalize uh, if Kevin White continues to struggle as far as making uh, one step after another, as far as catching the ball and making the move rather than making the move before catching the ball. 
Yeah, for sure. And just to add on to what you said, you said the plays, you know, the system is there. Like we said, we've seen uh, guys running wide open. There should have been touchdowns. Imagine now that's Trubisky throwing the ball instead of, um, you know, Tyler Bray. And then you have a Trey Burton on that corner route. That's most likely going to be a completion. So it's there now. Once we see the full team of starters, you know, get some refs, some drives, um, get that chemistry going. I'm sure this Bears offense is going to be moving in the right direction. It is this this night for the first team is not going to show that. But, you know, they're going to learn from those mistakes and, you know, just use that to propel them forward and, you know, getting this offense right. And defensively, I already mentioned it. Once those two inside linebackers are, you know, in the middle manning that defense, this defense is going to be really good. Just got to see who's going to be that guy opposite of Akeem Hicks and Leonard Floyd to get that pass rush. But I'm confident that Vic Fangio will scheme ways to get those, get those sacks one way or another. Um, biggest thing. If you're, you're disappointed about the loss 30 to 27, don't be like we've been saying the bears Absolutely. are not showing their full cards or anything like that. Yeah. Don't be, they almost put up 30 points. When was the last time we've seen the bears almost put up 30 points? I know it's preseason, but that's gotta be something to show a little, little hope about. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, almost putting up 30 is better than not even being close to putting up 30 in the first place. And we did not see a lot of 30 point games from the bears in the past three years with John Fox at, at head coach. So hopefully I don't mention that name ever again. I'm sorry that I did at the end of the podcast, (laughs) but that'll do it. Bears fans. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the bears brothers podcast. We'll be back soon. I'll actually be at the Vernon Hills practice that they'll be having Gosh, I think the date is August 22nd on a Wednesday. I'll be there, and I'll also be flying to Denver to watch those joint practices. And from what I'm seeing around the league, I think uh, the Detroit Lions and Oakland Raiders have one, and they're doing it right now. And you see the videos there of the one-on-ones. I cannot wait to bring that coverage to you guys, see if Anthony Miller's still making people look crazy out there, or Kyle Fuller's you know, intercepting, who knows, uh, for Denver. But hopefully that'll be a fun time for me, and I hope you guys enjoy that coverage. But Expect a couple of great shows in the upcoming future. We'll talk soon, but until then, bear down, Chicago. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.